welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 39. I'm your host, as always, Patrick Vincent Crown, a.k.a. PVC. I'll be joined once again by Falling Star Wrestling's owner, booker and top chap, Jimmy Starr. This week, we were meant to have Falling Star Wrestling champion Jaden Scar on the line, but he decided to big-time us and no-show. Well, that's not exactly true. We love you really, Jaden, and we know how tiring it is carrying this company on your back, so you deserved a well-earned nap. Jaden will be joining us in a future episode of the podcast, so with our plans out the window, myself and Jim just kind of called it in the ring. We had a vague topic of conversation, but no prepared questions. We just went at this old school. Now, one thing about our beloved leader, Jimmy, is he likes to chat. So buckle up for a nice long podcast this week where we sort of start with personal moments in the ring and then we get on to, well, who knows what. Let's just say anything and everything. All right. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. So I guess last week we sort of talked about moments that we'd sort of witnessed within Falling Star Wrestling. You know, you mentioned kind of proud moments for you when, you know, you set up Jack Hammer's first match with Danny Boy Collins. And then we mentioned, you know, when Jaden Scar won the Falling Star Wrestling title. Did you actually have any moments that sort of personally felt really significant for you, whether that's, you know, a, a moment that you felt that you really got the crowd or there was a moment where, you know, just everything come into place and, and you just you just knew in that moment in the ring you could kind of look around and just be like okay this is really really cool does any any moment stand out to you at all yeah there's many i mean the i think the the storyline that sort of incorporated um myself windsor um the dark wolf and kenny mac um i mean we're talking 18 months of of storytelling there but there were some matches that I had with Windsor. Um, for example, the loser leaves town match. Um, that was the first match in Falling Star wrestling history up until that point where there was blood and a lot of blood. It wasn't a, a hardcore match per se. Um, I mean, it wasn't, there was a few, few bits of skullduggery in it, but there wasn't, it wasn't, you know, chairs flying everywhere and, barbed wire and you know chaos and thumbtacks um he, he i went for a cutter outside he pushed me i smashed my head off the post and a little bit of business was done and i was bleeding everywhere so um so you know obviously the match was continuing but the blood added so much drama like i knew we got to the point in the storyline i mean i'd wrestled Windsor by that point in falling star so many times and I've wrestled so, him in so many variants, whether it be tags, whether it be Survivor Series tags, whether it be Rumbles, whether it be, you know, wrestling Sid Scala and, and Windsor on the outside because they were a bit of a sort of team. Um, whether it be wrestling Sid Scala and Windsor and, you know, me and someone else. And, you know, it was up until that point where it was just me and Windsor in the storyline. We've wrestled each other in every variant. and We built up the heat sort of accidentally, 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 but also perfectly um, to this sort of crescendo where we did the loser leaves town match. Um, and that was a match where I bled everywhere. Now, a loser leaves town match, 
you know, getting to the blow-off point, what they think is a blow-off point in the in the storyline. Um, I mean, that by they, I mean the crowd. And I lost, you know, and Matt turned on me. And um, when when Matt came in um, and wrestled the chair out of Windsor's hand, because um, that was what Windsor was going to do, I was bleeding everywhere. Um, you know, he distracted me, just giving me the big knee. He he couldn't he couldn't quite couldn't quite lay me out. The referee was distracted, I think, because the pit bulls were were coming down to obviously for that very reason to get the to get the ref's attention away from the ring. Um, so there we go. I'm in perfect position to get twatted by you know Windsor with a chair and 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 lose. Um, but Dark Wolf comes in, who's who who people know he's my friend. People know he he runs company with me, um, and uh, you know it was a uh, it was it was you know my my best friend coming to my my aid, and then when he hit me with that chair, we had that sort of two or three seconds like just stunned silence, where the crowd just couldn't believe it. They just could not believe it. It was a really good chair shot as well. It was, it, it 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 was perfectly swung perfectly connected didn't really hurt but it looked like he took my head off um and but because i was bleeding everywhere and just at that point of the match just so fucked anyway it just it just seemed like the meanest thing in the world that someone could do and then i lost so obviously i have to leave for the star wrestling and i cut a promo at the end saying that you know that's not the way it was meant to be you know Windsor didn't pin me, you know. I can't believe my best friend fucking, you know, did me over like that. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm hanging around. I'm going to make your life a misery, dark wolf sort of thing. So then it brought him into the storyline. But that chair shot, I remember that as a moment. If you want a moment, my one of my moments that I'm most sort of proud of was, I mean, that match eight was a was a was a really good match. Um, if I do say so myself. But B, the chair shot was was fucking was just super, you know with, with, with the the silence that came with that, um, and good silence, not you know on board silence. They just did not see that coming at all, and you know there's you know if if like you, you, yourself and any wrestler will know and any trainer or teacher you know if you can get that proper really stunned reaction from the crowd. Then you you've you, you've done well, and then the booze came, and the you know, and the fucking and the, and the disbelief came, and the, you know, after a while, once they processed it, but for that three seconds, it was I just laid there and basked in it because I knew that we totally, totally fucking not fooled them, but we put a plot twist in that story which they didn't expect. So that, that was that was that was a good moment. So what can can you think of any in your in your career that sort of uh, where you've just thought to yourself, oh, I've got them, I've fucking got them in the palm of my hand, I've got them. Um, not not a unique moment because I feel like I've actually covered quite a few of my sort of top moments in wrestling on the podcast, and I don't always like to go back and sort of um, go through the stories again. Um, but one of them. It really made me smile, and you were involved in this as well, Jim. It was just after um, I won the Limitless title, sort of, I guess, on on your behalf after beating um, Tom in the in that ladder match, 
at um, at Linsport. And I just remember sort of the lead up to that match. I wasn't supposed to be in the match, of course, uh, for people out there that don't know. Uh, it was meant to be Jimmy and Tom um, in this ladder match for the Fallen Star Limitless title. Um, but unfortunately, Jimmy was ill on that day and then you kind of came up to me I, I I think I was just booked to be in a tag match some you know one of the sort of um, throwaway tag matches I think it was sort of uh, Furio in somebody and it was going to be me and Ashley Stark and we were just going to have just a tag match <laughs> you know for that they were sort of in a rivalry uh, Furio and, and, and Ashley but then you know I think you just had to kind of bundle in a few extra people just to kind of make up the numbers a little bit and you know I was just sitting there happy content sort of thinking right okay the, the ring set up and stuff like that and then you came over obviously <laughs> you were not looking in a very good way at all and you were I just like oh, I can't do I can't I was <laughs> that day man I felt that sick I, I think that I felt, felt that sick before or since I felt yeah. fucking awful yeah, and you just, oh, I don't know if I can do this match, don't know if I can do this match. And I was like, oh, well, what are you going to do? And you was like, well, I was thinking about putting you in there. And I was like, well, I'm I'm more than happy to do it, but I don't want to take this moment away from you because you'd built up this whole story with Tom. Like, there's a reason for you to be in there. There's not really a reason for me to be in there at all. You know, and you were just like, oh, just, just give me a moment to think about it. And then, you know, sort of me and Tom started speaking about ideas that we might have if we need to do that. And then you just came up to me afterwards. And I think you was actually worse the second time you spoke to me. You were like, yeah, it's not getting any better, mate. Um, I think I think I'm going to have to bail out of this one. And yeah, yeah, obviously I went into the into the ladder match and you, you sort of said, well, the plan, I think the plan was for you to go over on Tom to become the to become the champion and he said well that's still going to go ahead but you're going to do it and then we'll figure it out sort of as we go along with a with a little sort of storyline so I won the title that was a pretty good moment for me as well because being that that was actually sort of the first I guess wrestling title that I ever won really and being at the top of a ladder um, after taking some sick bumps and, and having what I consider sort of one of the best matches of my career. Um, I remember being at the top of the ladder, <laughs> sort of worrying a little bit because, you know, ladder matches, you see them on TV. Sometimes they get to the top of the ladder and they're trying to un- almost wrestle the belt off of the rope. And I thought, oh God, well, you know, what What about if I fall? What about if I can't get the, the belt off? But the belt came off pretty well because we sort of engineered it to be like that. And I just remember just grabbing it and just sort of looking around and I was facing the direction that my family were and they they assumed they were going to come to Linsport to just watch me in a tag match. And then they saw that I was in the ladder match then they saw that I won the match and it was just like I could just sort of just look down on them and just see them just start looking up at me just like this is this is mad like having just witnessed me you know jump from the top rope get cut off the top of the ladder jumping through ladders you know chair shots ahoy and all this kind of sort of other stuff and they're just like looking up at me in a sense of like wow I didn't expect that also that's awesome so that was a, that was a moment but then Leading up to uh, a West Lynn that we had, um, I believe you called me out because you were, I guess in air quotes, the, the rightful heir to the to the Limitless title. You put me in the match, you orchestrated the whole thing um, because you did actually come out at the end of the ladder match and, and sort of help me win the title by screwing Tom over a little bit. So we had a little moment and it was a little bit of back and forth because I was still obviously heel at that point and you were heel as well. So the crowd didn't really know what was going on and we sort of um, played a few little tricks on them in a sense of, am I going to give the title back? Am I not? Yes, no, yes, no. And then, you know, 
there's me sort of almost transitioning into a face by saying, you know, if, if I if I was a heel, I would have just given you the belt and gone, yeah, Jimmy, thank you very much for the opportunity. I won that on your behalf. There we go. But I guess we sort of sowed the seed in a sense of, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the champion. I will give you the belt, but yeah, maybe, maybe we just have like a little match. We can make it official. How about we get the referee to ring the bell? I'll lay down for you. You can pin me one, two, three. We can put it on the record. Say Jimmy Starr pinned PVC at West Lynn. And then we just sowed the little seeds. You know, I lay on the floor. Everybody's booing, thinking, oh, this is, you know, they're going to do a sort of a screw job. And it's what, and then you come down to pin and I sort of get up and, oh, Hang on, hang on, Jim. I just, I just need a second. You know, uh, if I'm going to lose this tile, I just, I just need to just, 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 just give me a second. Then I lay down again, and it's one, two, and then I kick out. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sorry. And obviously, at this point, the crowd are really sort of starting to figure out what's going on, and they're like, well, PVC, PVC is still a heel, and Jimmy Star, we still hate Jimmy Star, but we like that PVC isn't sort of laying down for him. And then, you know, we sort of back and forth. And I think this went on for a little while, actually. And then the more we did it, the more the crowd kind of popped for it. And just in that sort of five, 10 minute interaction that we had, I turned from, you know, massive heel in the company to one of the biggest baby faces in the company, just without even having a match. Do you, do you have sort of fond memories of that little exchange we have, Jim? do to be honest with you i think that even though i was sick and that wasn't a pleasant experience like i i thought about how we could do it so it would mean something i mean i knew i think i i thought far enough in advance even by lin sport that you were going to be the one that i was going to feud with next to take the belt i wasn't going to have the belt for very long I didn't need the belt. I want the belt. Um, we just need to get it. I needed to get it off of Tom because I knew Tom wasn't going to be hanging around. And um, it was going to be the sort of end of a feud. Uh, so I needed to get it off of him. So the ladder match seemed like a half-decent idea. That was all booked up. Um, but I was sick on the day, obviously. I remember coming out and cutting a promo and saying that I thought, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? Because I, I need to. It's it's on the bill. Do you know what I mean? The the match is on the bill, and it's on the poster, and we built it up, and it's like I I I know I'm I'm too sick to do it justice. Like I was, I was really sick, guys. Like I've wrestled sick before, but you know I I just couldn't. I was so sick. I was just it, that that whole day. I was going off to either puke or shit or whatever. I was not in a good way. I don't know what the fuck came through me. But I ended up um, cutting a pro- was I was well enough to get in the ring and cut a promo and say, you know, I've been in a ladder match before. I'm not stupid enough to be in one again. I'm the owner of the company. Um, you know, I've got wrestlers at my, uh, you know, I've got wrestlers at my disposal. Um, and I know a guy that I can trust. Again, because you were here at the time, I know a guy that I can trust that will beat you. Um, and we'll take that title off you and we'll give it to me um, when he's won it or we'll present it to me at the next Lin Sport. And then I introduced you and I thought, and he, and he got a good pop. Well, it got a good boo anyway. So, it, but it wasn't that shit boo where it was like, oh, we've been cheated out of a match. It was a, it was a good boo. It was like, you know, oh, you know, 
Jimmy Stars a whistling bastard. And, well, you know. I, I, th- I think people knew that I would probably give them a good match. You know, not not trying to t- sort of take away from it. I think if if it was sort of somebody they they didn't trust would kind of go and do some some dumb stuff. You know, we we did some cool bumps and that. I think they, they'd seen me enough to know that even though they hated me as the character, they knew that I was always going to kind of pull out a good match and 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 put in plenty of effort. Yeah, you know, not to kind of toot my own horn, no, but and, I think and, that's and probably I the reason. Your match, the match that you had, would have been better, than, much better than the match that I had planned. I think the only thing that 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 would have been, that would have been good is obviously them see you know Tom Tom, Tom beating my ass type thing. Um, people would have got a bit of pleasure out of that. But the actual quality of the match was much better than 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 what what I could have done at the time, um, especially the way I was feeling. And, and again, that was something I thought about as well. I thought I can't go out there and give them a shit match, you know, not 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 with not with the way I'm feeling. And 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 the 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 match turned out excellent. And that was where I saw you were a true pro in 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 the in in my eyes in in the sense that excuse me you protected. Um, Tom, your opponent, it so well in that match. I mean, for for people who don't know, you know, they they don't know. But for people who do know about the business and about how to protect your opponent and about making sure that they're okay as much as you can in a ladder match. I mean, you took the brunt of a lot of that shit, and I know that you were fucked up at the end of it, and I know that Tom was 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 pretty injured, and so you both both put your all into it, but. You know, I came out at the end of night. I gave a low blow, and that was enough. You know, you know that was enough for, for you know, for him for the final straw. He couldn't get up the ladder. I gave him the low blow. You took the belt, and yeah, I do remember it. I do remember it being good. And and as for the Lynn sport, me and you doing the whole, you know, you lying down, me looking pissed off, and going, you know, what's going on? Like, and you just going, oh, it's instinct. It's instinct. I can't help it. It's instinct. But I will lay down. I promise. I'm like, you better lay down because I'm getting a bit pissed off here. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, give me the belt type thing. I will, I will, don't worry. And, you know, and like you say, the crowd are starting to see what's going on here. The only person who isn't seeing what's going on is me. I'm confused because I'm a heel and I'm a bit stupid. So, you know, I can't remember if we had a match. Did we have a match and you beat me? Like, in the end, you end up just having a match and you say, no, I can't do it. I'm keeping it. You know, you're gonna to have to fight me for it, and I think we had a little match, didn't we? And you bet. It, it, we we must have gone down that route, yeah, because I remember us having another match where I think I defended the title. I think you sort of like basically came out and said like the next time you need to you need to win it back off me, and I think we had a pretty good match then. But I think the yeah. It, it makes sense. We wouldn't co- sort of do a segment and then me kick out a bunch of times and then go, all right, yeah, all right, we'll see you next week. I'm pretty sure we had a match and maybe it was like quite a, quite, quite a quick one because obviously we'd had the time doing the promo and doing the, the whole pinning segment. Yeah, I don't actually sort of remember the match too much, but I remember, you know, coming out of it and pinning you one, two, three and people cheering. And because I'd never really been a face, you know, in falling star wrestling, I mean, my first sort of couple of matches, I was a face, but because I was so green, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I didn't really know how to work the crowd. You know, all I sort of really knew in my heart was come out and clap and people normally clap along with you. But if you don't have that kind of charisma and confidence and self-belief in your own character, which I then sort of developed later with PVC, and I knew that I could then sort of garnish that and actually be a good sort of baby face as well. So I'd never really kind of had that reaction. And that was like a really nice moment because it sort of, 
it seemed to happen organically. It wasn't forced. It wasn't, you know, sort of overly complicated. It seemed simple for the people to follow along. And it sort of went gradually. It's like, you know, like we said, after the first pin, it was like, oh, okay, what's going on? The second one, oh, okay. I can kind of see what's happening now. Third one, oh, yeah, okay. Then the match, then I win, then it erupts, you know, and and people from that moment on, I don't think I got another single boo, which is, I guess... You know, well, that, good booking that was, on your that part. Was the point. I mean, the idea was for me to feud with you, and there was a. I do remember thinking at the time, you know, you were a heel. How are we going to turn this guy face? And I was just banking on the fact that people hated me so much um, that you know they 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 would just welcome anyone kicking my ass. But the way it happened, like you say, so organically, and and um, you know, it just just you. You putting in that match, like I said, with Tom, which obviously was a fantastic match, which you fought hard for, and then just to give it back, it just didn't make sense. And then so, so you know, for you to stick up for yourself against basically a bully, which everyone wants to do. I was I was the bullying heel. I was a sort of chicken shit, cowardly bully heel who used my used my power of being the owner of the company to to force people to do things. And you just turn around and went no. No, fuck that. In the end, and that 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 gave you, you know, that that turned you away, your face, and that was what what was. I think that was what was coming anyway. But that was what we wanted to do. And I and and before this whole, you know, me being sick and the ladder match thing, I, I knew, like I say, I knew we were going with you with the limitless style. I just didn't quite know how we were going to get there after the Tom thing because I, with the Tom thing, ideally, it would have been better. If I'd have lost that match, the ladder match, say say everything would have gone well, um, I wouldn't have been sick. I would have lost that match against Tom. Tom would have got the payoff, and then you would have wrestled Tom somewhere down the line. We would have got a few started there. You could have worked a program with him, and then eventually won it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But the way it went actually probably went better because it was it wasn't it wasn't a traditional way of doing things. Um, and you know, like you said, like we've said before, Westlands is is it that our Westland shows because because we 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 do it monthly. Um, <clears throat> you know, they they're the they're the, they're the places that they're the shows where we can develop storylines and do our promos and and not have to have the mad matches, but but we can set up for for, for future events and you know it just you know doing that like you said like we said doing that sort of you know just lay down for me because again that's a bullying tactic just lay down for me do what i say lay down and let me pin you and then take that belt yeah okay sir no yes sir no sir three bags full and then you fucking with me it 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 worked beautifully it worked brilliantly and it was it was um it was something that i think that uh yeah it was definitely something that i think that 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 organically happened, but actually worked out worked out for the best. And sometimes that's 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 the way storylines go. You can plan and plan and plan and and think of things and think of things years down the line, and and they work well. Um, or you can just work things out organically, and they you know they 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 come out they come out perfect. I remember the um, one of the uh, and this this is this is this is quite an odd one actually, but after the storyline with Matt developed and we you know I had a bit of a feud with Matt um, and uh, 
was this after you got your loser yeah, leave town match? So how, how did you actually come back to town, so to speak? Because I don't think I was around then. I remember there being a loser leaves town match, and then obviously, sort of, sometimes in wrestling things just kind of happen. Can you talk us through how you sort of managed to come back, or was it sort of um, a different story altogether? Basically, I ju- I just I I I lost the match. Um, I because he, Matt cheated. Obviously, we Windsor cheated rather, and Matt hit me over the head, and I was just completely stunned. I was just completely stunned. I made a promise to to basically haunt Matt and ruin his life, sort of thing. So for the next sort of six months, I didn't really wrestle. I just every time Matt did, I just came down and would fuck his match up. I was just coming from. From the door, I'd be, I'd, I'd come in the show. I'd, I'd, I'd go to the bar, have a couple of free beers, and then when it was Matt's turn to wrestle, I would, you know, let him have his match, and then he'd, he'd lose, he'd keep losing. So, and, and, and I, and I said, you know, it, you, you need to give me a chance to give, give my title, you know, to get my title back, um, you know, to, you know, sorry, to get my company back, and he refused and refused and refused. And um, uh, anyway, I, I fucked with him for for so long, and he got so annoyed that that he, you know, that I kept I kept making his life a misery. That um, that he agreed um, one match and one match only, which was the ladder match. Um, so the ladder match, the briefcase was the was in the briefcase was the was the contracts of the company. So whoever won that match owned Hall and Star Wrestling again. So that was my that was my in sort of thing, you know. Um, so that match, that was why that match was, was so important again, because, you know, we had either year feud with Windsor and then we're sort of coming up to about six months there where I've just been coming to every show, not necessarily being, being, being in a match, but you know, the, the crowd are waiting for me to just to fuck with Matt, you know, in some way, shape or form. And in, you know, we did some clever little things. I, I wish I could remember a little bit more about what we did, but I remember we did some clever little things. I cut a really good promo once in over in um, oh shit over in Wiz Beach Way, and um, you know it, it 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 got over really well. You know, just just saying how you know I don't I I wouldn't I don't care if if I'd have lost that match fair and square, you would not see me. You know, you would not see me. I, I live by my, you know, I live and die by the sword, but I'm not going to be cheated out of something. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not going to be cheated out of a business that I've built up for God knows how many years, invested God knows how much money in. I'm not going to be cheated out of it. You know, I, 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 you know, and the crowd were with me. You know, it wasn't like they were, it wasn't like one of those shit things where it was a loser leave town match. I lost. But then I was back next week, you know, by some technicality. I I had to earn it, you know. So we did the we did the gimmick, did the ladder match, which I won. But a moment, but then after that, Windsor started Windsor come come back again. Matt and Windsor started becoming a bit of a team. Then me and Kenny started becoming a bit of a team. So we decided to do a. Um, um, we got to the point in the story where we were going to do the four way match for the title at Linsport. And that was really cool because that was the first time we'd ever got that guy in to do the the big rig set up, you know, the lights and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that setup. Yeah, That's great. you might have been back by that time because that was quite far down the road. But if, but we we'd like built the match up, the fatal four way match, 
um, and we 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 had the lights and everything and blah blah blah. But one of the co- a cool moment that I'll remember forever wasn't the match was good. The match was really good um, for a four way, which can be total clusterfucks. But we were all pretty much on that night, and it went well. Um, and uh, Matt ended up winning winning the title, but he did it in an extremely sneaky way. We we really built Kenny up in that match. The, the two jobs in in that match were for Matt to win the Matt to win the title in a sneaky way, but also make Kenny seem like a real contender, you know? Because um, mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Kenny was sort of like the new guy introduced in, into the storyline, and even though even though people knew who Kenny was and they loved him, they knew him as the intergalactic cowboy, sort of the comedy wrestler type thing, you know? Um, so we needed to build him up to that main event status during that match. And I, I think we did that. But like I said, the cool thing was at the beginning of that match where we did like a proper, you know, all four wrestlers came out with their, you know, their entrance music. We all got our different reactions. Um, all four of us were, were, were in the corner and the, and the MC, we had a good, really good MC. I, I, I can't remember. It was just a guy we got in for the, for the one show. But he was really good, and he did like it had a big fight feel to it. When I was standing in the corner, I, I could feel that the crowd were—they just did not know what was going to happen. And when we all got introduced by the by the by the MC, you know, we got our big pops or our big boos or anything like that. Like all the wrestlers were where they needed to be storyline-wise, if that makes sense. You know, Windsor was despised um, just because he was a arrogant horrible bastard and yeah he was the champion right what sorry he was the champion right going into that match champion at that point yeah winter was a champion going into it yeah um and then you had matt who was just the just he'd been a he'd been a heel for quite a while by that point because people still remember him as the turncoat you know i mean the the bastard who uh who, who who turned on his friend and uh, was was just just yeah again just just being that you know that vicious that vicious bully wrestler um, who was quite happy to kick people's heads off and you know not give a fuck about it. And then you had Kenny, who I think was the underdog, but he got the the right the right reaction from the crowd. He got a really big cheer, um, and you know people people believed he could win or not. He was there. You know what I mean? So he was in with the chance, and uh, then obviously I got I got a good, good pop, um, a, a, a real decent pop, the sort of pop I should have. You know, Jimmy's got another chance. Um, whether he can do it or not is a different question, but he's probably got a better chance than Kenny. Um, you know, he 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 owns a company, he knows what he's doing. Da, 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 da. And I could just feel that every all the ducks were in a row, like we got to that point because this was sort of the cap off of the story. After this, I wasn't going to be wrestling Matt anymore. I wasn't going to be wrestling Windsor anymore. Kenny was going to do a bit with Matt and, and I was going to go off and do whatever I was going to do. But that, that was the end of the story, but all the ducks were in a row. Like we built up the story so well that even at the beginning of that match, I knew that, that, you know, that, that, that we were there, we could have had a, we could, we could have had a shite match. And the crowd would have been would have been with it, but we didn't. Luckily, we had a really good match, quite a lot of twists and turns, and um, 
you know, Kenny Kenny should have won it. Kenny did the rock bottom off the top on Windsor. You know, he was the he was he was he was going to win it, but then Matt just came in and fucking aimed him out and then covered Windsor for the cheap for the cheap win. You know, and Matt 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 got the belt. So Kenny should have won it. We built him up perfectly. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know whether I come out of the match any any better or any worse, but I didn't come out any worse. Um, Windsor again was a super heel, and and Matt boosted his 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 stock up by uh, by yeah by not only not only now was he a was he a fucking was he a bully was he a asshole he was also now a fucking opportunist and a bit of a you know he had that chicken shit about him where he doesn't mind where he doesn't mind just taking the easy win if possible you know so it just it just added so many layers but that start of the match just standing there. And feeling the atmosphere, and and that's that's the thing. As you go on as a wrestler, like you know, you're just concentrating so much on what you've got to do. Even if you go out there and do a really good entrance, and all your ducks are in a row, like sometimes you're not concentrating on that because you're concentrating on right. What's the start? What have I got to do? Fuck me! I hope this goes well. But I just stood in the corner and breathed it all in and thought, for this particular moment, this is perfect. This is where we need to be. This is awesome, and like I, I wasn't thinking about the match for a second. I was, I was present. I was there. I was fucking Jimmy Star, the wrestler, about to go into a fight, and you know, I was in, I was in the right place, and the crowd were in the right mood, and it just ended up going off, going off beautifully, really. So, um, so no, I was uh, that. That's a that's a particular moment where where I thought that um, you know where 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 I thought that actually. You know, we've got them. We've got the crowd where we want them, and uh, we uh, on on top of that. I mean, it wasn't the best four-way match you could in the world, but it was re- it was pretty good. I mean, it was it was it was it was a good match. Going back, I watched it actually the other day, and um, it was it did work out really well. There's a couple of few small things I'd change, but in, but you could say that about any match. But other than that, it was it, it went pretty much. Without a without a hitch, but I was just pr- I was just proud of the storytelling aspect to get that far because that was the that was the blow off match, you know. Yeah, most definitely, and I'm I'm sort of saddened to 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 know that I actually wasn't around for that because that sounds like quite a difficult task in a sense of being a wrestler, quite a difficult task to manage four different people, you know, coming from I guess you know the back office kind of point of view, and I know like you and Matt pretty much kind of do all the booking and all the organizing for all the events and stuff. Do you, did that kind of happen organically between you and Matt, or did you kind of have to, 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 to fight to see which direction it want to go? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing maybe you were the sort of the force behind possibly getting Kenny into the match and sort of um, pushing him uh, up to that status, or did it kind of all happen? Did you sort of plan this way in advance? Or? I thought look, I thought that Kenny had at the time, it was, it's a, it was, it was a bit like, it's a bit like Jaden, really. Like Kenny at the time was just was getting the biggest one, some of the biggest pops. Um, you know, when he won his matches, the crowd were delighted. When he lost, people hated him, hated it. You know, um, you know when he did his little dance, everyone joined in. You know, it was he was at the time as as hot as he was as hot as he was going to get or he could get. And the only, the only way you can go, if you keep someone in that position, unless you, unless you capitalize on it and bring them up as far as you can. 
Um, I, uh, yeah, I fucking, you know, they're just going to go stale in the end, you know. So you, you you have to do something with them. And I was saying to Matt, we need to bring Kenny up. Like, we need to do something with him, even if he doesn't win the title. Like, you know, because, you again, you've got to, you've got to think of a couple of things, really. You've got to think of how popular is the wrestler. Well, Kenny was really popular. You know, there's no two ways about it. Um, you know, but when you, if if he was to win the title, he's going to be on all the posters with the belt and all that sort of stuff. How's that going to look on the poster? Do you know what I mean? Kenny's not the most imposing person in the world. To our fans, he's he's everything. But to bring new fans in, would you come and watch a show and this isn't an insult to Kenny. This is, this is, this, you know, that's, this is why having a fucking body and a physique is so important in wrestling, you know, and, and, and you know, a, a good percentage of the business because, you know, your champion needs to be on that poster and they need to look like someone that, that, that could kick your ass and that you want to see. Do you know what I mean? That's why, you know, that's why CW's risen up the ranks so quickly because he looks like he'd kick your ass, right? He's a big motherfucker. So I know it's not fair sometimes, uh, but the wrestling business isn't fair. Um, so, you know, Matt's sort of Matt's sort of idea was, okay, fair enough, but, you know, he can't win the belt, you know? I said, well, that's not a problem. We can do the, we can do the guy who chases it, do you know what I mean? You know, the chase, you know, chasing that fucking dream. And then, and then I thought, well, maybe once he sees, once Matt sees, you know, how popular Kenny is, you know, maybe that will, maybe he'll change his mind. And um, I think, I think in the end, I think, I, I don't quite know what, what happened, but I know that Kenny and, Kenny and Matt had a title match. And I thought it was a really good match. Um, and they were going to do a bit of a storyline, a bit of a bit of a feud with it. But um I can't remember. I can't remember what happened. I can't remember why that didn't happen. There was a maybe there was an injury. Maybe I think me and Kenny might have joined as a tag. I can't. I can't remember. But 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 something happened. Something changed within the storyline. But yeah, there was a lot of persuasion there. But I just even if Kenny didn't win the title, he needed to be put in that picture because he was one of the most popular wrestlers. And if and if you're one of the most popular wrestlers and you've got over and you've got over by yourself. Um, even with a bit of help from from people like me or Matt or anyone really or any veteran who, who gives you tips, but he still managed to get over himself and he so you can't just can't just leave him there to rot. You need to bring him up, and uh, that was what we were that was what we were doing with Kenny. So yeah, so Matt was Matt wasn't against it, but I just think Matt Matt thinks about which is right. You know, sometimes I think about. I think more about like the popularity of the person. If the person's really popular, give the crowd what they want in the end. Don't give it to them straight away. You know, give them the twists and turns and the excitement so they keep coming back. But in the end, give them what they want. You know. Um, but I think Matt's Matt's a bit like you know, we've got fucking we've got a business here, and this business needs to attract more more punters. And also, we're in a business where. You know, there's a lot of other promoters out there who who might not want our business to succeed. You know, so you you need to make sure that that the people that you you put on your posters or you put on Facebook or or that you know look look the part, so that 
so that you can't fucking turn around and, and so that another promoter can't turn around and go, well, look, this is their champion, fucking skinny McPayerlison, but this looks like that <laughs> fucking, you know, oily McTan buff motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, it just, and, and it's right, you know, it's, it's all about how it appears, first off, face value, right? When you get, when you get, when you get mm, posted yeah, to the circus. You know, there's people doing trapeze and shit like that. You know when you go to that circus, you ain't going to see a fucking trapeze. Do you know what I mean? It's a little tent with a donkey <laughs> in it. But they put the poster <laughs> they can put up to make you think, oh, shit, I'm going to see something amazing, you know? Well, with Fallen Star Wrestling, we, we wanted to give them, A, an amazing show, but we also wanted to to make sure that the, the, the people who had the belt looked like wrestlers, you know? And... Um, that was that's unfortunately still part and parcel of the business. And I know it sucks, but you got to understand yourself that sometimes the most popular people, if they weigh fucking 10 stone and, um, you know, don't look like they could, uh, and this isn't Kenny I'm talking about, but you know, if you had a wrestler that was 10 stone, um, pale white skin, a little bit of hair on his chest, went out there and fucking, you know, with it, with it, with his ass crack hanging out, no matter how popular he is, you're not going to put the title on him, are you? Um, it just, it, you know, for, purely for aesthetics and 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 thinking about your business and thinking about your 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 online profile and your your posters and your and your actual visibility out there to other promoters. You're you you can't you do you know what I mean? You can't really well you can do it, but it just it it. It, it doesn't make your promotion look that professional. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah most definitely I mean mean, you you kind of look at the you know the the greats out there even when you've got champions like AJ Styles and you've got Daniel Bryan or you've got you know these I guess quote-unquote smaller people when when they put the poster they're putting on Braun Strowman they're putting on Brock Lesnar they're putting on Goldberg they're putting on Roman Reigns and they're sort of like pushing those guys to the back even though they are in high caliber matches or they are the you know world champion universal champion or whatever because people look at you know average punters on the street they might look at the poster and go oh that, that guy's got a big shiny belt and then they look at the the eight foot guy that's 300 pounds you know big monster dude with a giant beard they're gonna go oh that guy looks scary they look at Brock Lesnar they're oh I've seen him fight before oh look at the muscles on him it's it, it's it's an appeal of the of the eyes and of those senses whereas a wrestling is an all-encompassing thing like people don't get how popular Kenny Mack was and yeah sort of his initial thing started off as almost a joke we were in I think it was like Dursingham or something and I don't think I think there must have been like 10 people in the crowd and he goes oh, I'm gonna go out there and I'm just gonna act silly and do a funny dance and that was like the night that the Kenny Mac dance was born and he did that for like I don't know like four or five years and like every show it got even more popular and got even more and people just used to go absolutely mad for it and you can't put that on a poster because if you just take a snapshot of what Kenny Mac was you'd see a guy in you know red lightning trunks with a cowboy hat on doing a funny dance but that doesn't translate on a poster because it looks maybe kind of silly but it translates in real life because we have fans of all ages you know from from young boys and girls from as little as like 5 8 10 12 whatever up to you know older men and women you know even in their sort of 70s and 80s and that translated across the whole sort of remit of age Kenny Mac came out and he got this massive reaction but like you said it's hard to put that 
on a poster when people don't even know who it is. But if you've got Jonathan Windsor, who's got the, the regal look about him, he's got the snarl, you know, or you've got Matt, who's got, you know, the muscles and the look and the pose, or you've got C.W. Davies, who's got the muscles and the tattoos and the snarl and stuff that translates to other people. Whereas Kenny Mack, unfortunately, sort of his goofiness and his silliness and his dance doesn't translate into sort of a, a poster. Well, it, it's difficult to explain. And the other thing about like, I mean, we've obviously you just went to, you know, you were talking about the WWE there, like, you know, the WWE have, have weekly episodic TV or, or they even have a couple of shows a week plus their pay-per-view. So the fans of WWE watch and they see the, the, some the Daniel Bryan story and from sort of you know nothing to from the heel to the baby face to the underdog to the office not giving him a chance blah 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 you know so they see that each week with Fall and Star Wrestling we haven't got TV people come to our live shows and they see what they see and based on whether they enjoy it they come back and tell their friends um, or based on see a, a flyer that they see or a, a radio thing that we do or you know or that silly little tv thing i did for mustard or anything like that like they they that's the way they hear about falling star wrestling or facebook or something like that so we promote in a different way obviously because we're on a, on a much much smaller scale so it's yeah it's it's about the impression that you give now you could put all the big boys on the posters and then have Kenny Mack as your champion, and then the minute Kenny Mack comes out, people would see why, and he would be popular. You know, it's not it's not a snarl on on Kenny Mack or anyone who's who's a little bit smaller. Wrestlers in general nowadays are, are, are smaller. You know, um, you know, so it's not it's it's not a knock on anyone. It's just you know sometimes when you present in your your promotion, when you're presenting your your company, you want to do it in the best light you can. So the champion often quite isn't that, you know, it, we're, we're in a bit of a weird situation at the moment where Jaden Scar, um, you know, he, he, he looks like a wrestler, you know, but he's not a big boy. He's not a huge boy, but he has the intensity, you know, he had the intensity to get to the top. That was a, a Rocky story. Do you know what I mean? That was a, that was a Rocky story and, and, and it was just undeniable the crowd needed to have him as champion, you know, even if it was just for two minutes, you know, they needed to have him as champion. They, he needed his moment. The crowd needed that moment. So, you know, he, and, and when he got it again, talking about moments, we spoke about that. That was one of the greatest moments in, in fallen star wrestling history. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was perfect. Um, but, you know, that's the, that's the moment now he's going to be feuding with C.W. Davis um, when 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 we get back, um, you know, when we get back to running shows again, you know, who who's gonna who's gonna know what happens there, you know, because that's the thing about that's the thing about wrestling, you know, you people people come to the show, they enjoy it for what it is. Some people love it. Some people get obsessed by it. They leave. They talk about it for a bit, but then the next day it's forgotten. Okay, so that match that you had the night before, it's forgotten. It might not be forgotten by you because you're waking up going, oh, fuck my back, my neck, my fucking ass, my piles, whatever. You know, and you might have a bit of a chat with the person you wrestled with and go, oh, that was cool and rewatch the match. But to the crowd, that's that's done. That, that show was last night. What's next? 
So you've constantly got to be thinking about what's next, what's next. And sometimes, you know, storylines are organic and sometimes they're planned from start to finish, but with a, sometimes with a little twist or you just think on a night, actually, it'd be cool if I did this rather than initially what we were going to do. But, you know, still go along the same path. So, you know, you have to have to keep thinking what's next what's next and and with lin sport what we tend to do or what what me and matt try to do is we try and you know give people what they want you know give the you know get try and get the superman pop somewhere along the lines or get the get the big star in that they want to see or whatever and then we we start something else and leave them wanting more um so they've got to come to the next show so we 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 do those two things. Every Lin sport, you'll see it. You know, especially the past, you know, two or three years, or maybe even a little bit longer, where we know where we've sort of got to grips with storytelling a little bit. Every one of our shows, we we leave people wanting a little bit more in some direction because you know, even though Lin sport on is normally our sort of blast shows, like for example, you know, you, Rob, and Charlie finished your finish your three-way, you know, finish your three-way sort of storyline at the last Lynn Sport. Um, but, you know, now Charlie's going to go on to wrestle, you know, to to, to wrestle Jaden. You, you, you're probably going to still chase the title off Rob. Do you know what I mean? So you leave people wanting more and guessing where, where we're going to go next. Do you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, you just, you, pr- promoting a wrestling show, man, it's so fucking hard. People don't get it. Like, it, it's not, you know, people think, oh, I'd love to be a booker. I'd love to own my own wrestling company. Well, fucking give it a go because it, it, it takes so long. It's a whole new ethos of wrestling that you've got to learn. You know, like, you, you become a wrestler, you think you've got to grips with it, you, then you have a daft idea of starting up your own company. And then you've you've all of a sudden got to got to entertain people, and um, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that you know I've got such a good crew, you know. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the other end of the line, and you know I, I know that a few you know of our, of our guys listen to this podcast, but I've got a really good crew that um, come up with some really good ideas, but also also listen listen to listen to me. Okay, you listen to me and listen to my experience because you know sometimes and i'm sure you've had it before you might have come up to me and gone jim i really want to do this blah 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 and i've said yeah maybe no don't because you, you're fucking doing it you're doing too much too early like do you know what i mean like save that for for later or you know how's that going to make you look good or how's that that's going to make sound so look stupid or it's just not going to work you do know what i mean like and you listen, and then so you, you then you, then you change things accordingly. It's not me, it's me saying necessarily no, don't do it. You can't do it. I'll I'll fucking kick you out the the promotion if you do it. It's me just trying to give you a little bit of a benefit of of, of my experience by saying no. If you do that, it just it just ain't gonna work as well. Why don't you try this? And and you you know everyone's pretty good. They normally they normally listen. And if they don't, and it goes wrong. You know, I don't sit there and go, I told you so, but I let them soak it in and hopefully they realise why it hasn't worked, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I, I can think of times where, you know, maybe I wasn't quite used to being a baby face and I think you've kind of, I, you know, we'll you'll set up a match and I'll say, I want you to wrestle this person and then, you know, maybe we'll come to you with a few ideas and you'll be like, well, 
you're you're the baby face like and we're you you want to be strong we want to like build you up we don't want you kind of like going in there and bumping around and taking all this crazy heat from from a heel because like in my mind i'm like well this is a wrestling match between two people trying not to take into my into account my own kind of ego or anything and you're like well you have to kind of think of your your own sort of self in the position of the company like if you're billed or seen as one of the top guys you can't always be kind of doing doing favors for everybody and that's kind of something that i've sort of learned from you you know if i didn't have that kind of experience i'd be out there like bumping like crazy for all for all the heels and not really progressing myself and yeah it's a a thing that maybe i've learned from talking to you beforehand and probably something i've learned afterwards you know go and have a match and come back and say oh do you enjoy that jim you'd be like yeah you did a little bit too much or you did this wrong or you you, I, i feel like you really need to you know, just kind of um... as a baby face when at that point you sort of needed to get yourself over, you know, and and because you were going to be fighting for the limitless title and, you know, you, you're so you're going to be one of the elite in falling star wrestling. You're going to be one of the top five wrestlers. So you need to present yourself as, as a top five wrestler. And if you like you say, you've been a heel and you've been bumping around like but but that doesn't mean as a heel that like you can't bump around. I mean, I remember. I think probably one of the most unselfish wrestlers in the world was was Mitch Basher, but he was hated. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how many bumps he took or, or whatever. People loved it. People loved seeing him get beaten up, um, and he could just fucking do a bit of skullduggery at the end and, and win. And have, they could have, you know, they had the tag team belts for ages, and you know, they they they. But they laid this and too, you know, they knew that they had to, you know, they 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 had to the, the way that they were gonna get. Oh, the baby faces over was by was unfortunately by giving giving them a lot. They needed to give them a lot. They needed to be outsmarted a lot. But in the end, they needed to get their they needed to do you know get their comeuppance. You know, so they need to win. They need to get get over. So whether it be uh, by cheating or whatever, anything to get them over more more as heels. And I think that like you say, when you slip into when you go to baby face from heel, it's very difficult not to keep giving. And like you say, if you give too much to that heel and you suddenly, you know, even if you win, um, you know, you you still can come out looking looking weak. And I think that that was, you know, I think that that was maybe what you were thinking at the start. It's like, you know, why, why are you bumping around for, for, for someone that I've just sort of fed you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if we get someone from down from fucking London who I don't know, I don't want you bumping around for them. Do you know what I mean? Like I want you to fucking dominate them. I want you to dominate and give them a bit. Do you know what I mean? Give them a bit so they, they, you know, so you can get a bit of heat and then get a comeback. But I want you essentially to dominate them because you're going to be resting for the limitless title in at Lindsport. I don't want you fucking getting thrown around by them. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes it's, it's it's a little bit difficult to think in that selfish way, but you sort of you sort of have to really because. Um, because otherwise you 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 you're not going to be in the right position for when you when you wrestle on your big matches you're going to be you know it's going to be well fucking you know PVC isn't in with a chance because last week he had trouble with fucking you know Johnny Nobody at Linsport so it, it is very important that you know you think about your matches and you think about the legacy it's going to lead up to when it comes to, you, you know, the big fight that you're going to have in the future, you know, and you've got to think about where, where you stand after that. I mean, 
do you think, and this is this is a question for you, really, do you think that after the match at, at Linsport, I know it's been ages since we wrestled and you probably can't remember, but after the match at Linsport where you fucking hurled yourself through that table and you were lying there, do you think that you left that, left that feud uh, a better commodity than when you started it, you know? I don't know, actually. I feel like everybody... Uh... I feel like if I didn't have that match, I don't think it would have kind of been sort of detrimental to me, if that makes sense. Because the match was built around, like, CW was in the match, he was the champion. And then the match was built up to kind of get the title off of him and put it onto Furio. And obviously, when whenever there's three people, you spoke about your four-way match, there's always going to be somebody kind of left out. And I, I guess after that, I did feel like maybe um, I was not, as well off as the other guys because CW sort of immediately put himself into the, you know, the, the fallen star championship picture. Furio had whatever he had with the, with the limitless title and his, his sort of thing. And I did kind of flounder probably for a few, few weeks, actually a few West Lynn shows and, and, and the odd kind of um, other spot show that we had. But then I think as soon as I knew that what was going to go on, that you, you didn't put me in the back burner, but you knew that maybe those guys had to shine a little bit brighter for a little while for me to then kind of just start the the build up again. You know, there was no point going in with me like a hundred miles an hour straight after I'd kind of technically lost the match because, you know, uh, I guess that wouldn't really, really make sense. Does that make sense to you? I, I don't know if I explained that very well or not. I think so. I, th- I think sometimes that after a big show or, or a big match, like you, you need to give the audience a bit of a, time to time to breathe really you need to give them some time to breathe this and I, I think it's a, a, a something that is is a bit of a pet peeve of mine in wrestling at the moment the minute a few dens they start another one like the minutes the minute a few dens and something finishes they start another one instantly as soon as that match is finished and sometimes that works but like I don't think you need that every time like I think with Fallen Star Wrestling, I still want there to be an element of competition. Like, you lost that match. Like, it's simple as that. You lost that match. You worked your balls off, and I think you got over. Um, I think your your value to the fans was raised more. But, you know, if we're looking at wrestling as a, as a, as a real, like, as a shoot, unfortunately, you lost that match. Um, CW, yeah, has gone off to has started a feud with 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 Jaden, and that's the main priority at the moment, or it was the main priority because that was going to be the big match at Beatdown. I think you were going to wrestle Fury out of Beatdown, and I think we started planting some seeds there. To be honest with you, I can't quite remember; it's been so fucking long. Well, I think, uh, well, sorry to jump in, but I think um, that we were going to start to do something where me and Matt were having a little bit of a discussion because obviously Matt was in the the world title picture at um, I think it was at, at Beatdown was at the, the last Lynn Sport where Jaden won the belt, and then I think Matt was still on a bit of a war path to kind of get his his title back, and then I, I recall kind of intervening a few times in in Matt's kind of promos and stuff. So I don't know whether we're going to go some sort of alley with with me and Matt for the number one contender so like I guess those weeks prior to me interrupting Matt was was like you said it's more competition based I think I was in a few like three ways a few tag
tag matches. You know, we had a rumble match where I was like one of the last two. So obviously, even that, even though I didn't go over in that rumble match, when you're the, you know, the final two, and that's part of the big storyline, I'm still up there. But, you know, in my mind, it's, it's a bit like I've had this year long storyline of like focus of where, where we're going to go, what's going to happen. And then it's a little bit like, oh, I'll just turn up and then Jimmy's got me wrestling Jack Hammer this week. And then next week he's got me wrestling Nathan Shaw. And then it's a tag match with uh, Good Times David Miles, you know, wh- whatever it's like that. You kind of like you, you're just going from week to week. But then as soon as that kind of little bit with Matt come in, it's like, all right, now I can see a little bit of a direction. You know? Yeah. And, and the direction was for you to. Uh, yeah, I remember now. The direction was, you know, for you to wrestle Matt, and basically the the number one contender would come out of that program. So you know, after so after CW, so once CW and 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 whatever you know, and Jaden Scott did their shit, whatever happened, whatever came out of that, would then you know you would be involved in that in some way. So yeah, there was there, there probably was a bit of a pause whilst we had to build up the Jaden Scar and uh, and CW to make that seem <clears throat> really, really important and get CW over as a as as a monster heel, you know, and you probably had to do a little bit of maintenance just keeping yourself over. Um, you know, like you say, maybe winning a few matches, maybe fucking get fucked out of a few, be be you know, being the last couple in the rumble, you know, people people subconsciously remember that shit. And then like you say, doing some stuff with Matt who's obviously regarded as, as as one of the top flyers in Falling Star Wrestling. So, yeah, you, you, I think the plan was to get a program out of him. The winner of that would be the number one contender. Um, and then you would face whoever the champion would be if you won, you know, somewhere down the line. I think that was that was a storyline. So you were definitely up there with the top four. Um, you know, in 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 the company, so you you didn't you didn't lose face or or de- devalue anything. We just needed to obviously give you, you know, when when it comes time for that match for that championship match, if you get that far, um, who who you know when you get there, we want the crowd to be chomping at the bit for you to for you to win. Do you know what I mean? We don't want them. We don't just want a match. We don't just want you know, PVC against so-and-so because that's that's how we set it out. Do you know what I mean? He, he's, he was, he's now the number one contender. We want a storyline behind it so that the, the, so that the, the fans have not only got a, uh, a title match, they've got, a, they've got something else to, to hang on to. So, and, and unfortunately, that takes, that takes time. And, uh, you know, and then there's other sort of underneath storylines that you got to take care of. Honestly, it is hard. It's fucking hard because it, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to think of. It's hard to think of anything original. Firstly, you got to look at the wrestlers. You got to look at where they are in terms of their ability. You got to look at their characters. You got to look at how popular they are. You got to look at the matches they're churning out. You got to look at, and most importantly, you've got to look at how the crowd react to them. You know, and just I know it sounds weird, but just sometimes because the crowd pop for you, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're you're the most popular wrestler. You might get the loudest pop. For example, right? Say I'm a heel, and I watched this the other day. I did it. Say I'm a no, I wasn't heel at the time. I was a baby face, and um, I did a uh, 
I do the, you know, whoever wants to wrestle me like I did an open challenge. And Bryn came out. Remember Bryn? Bryn, Bryn Well, obviously, he's, he, he's since stopped, but he came out, and it was one of his first matches. Now, the real reason I'm wrestling Bryn is because it was probably his first or second match. I've been the one who's been training him. I want to guide him for a safe match where I know he's going to get a you know, where I know he's going to get a fucking, you know, a, a crowd reaction. I'm not going to put him against someone who, who doesn't know what they're doing. So we had a match and, you know, you know me, I, I do things that, that, that I think will work and I then put little little skits in that I think will get him over and blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the match, I was so confident I was going to win. I picked up the microphone and I started singing. This was before I even fucking won. I started singing uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra. And I was giving him a, a boot in between each verse, and, you know, giving him a bit of a kick. And the, the crowd also started booing me a little bit because I was being cocky. Then I gave the fucking, then just as I gave it the big sort of, I did it my way. He rolled me up, pinned me one, two, three, and the crowd went ballistic, right? You fucking, I slipped him over. Now, that doesn't mean he's the most popular wrestler in Fallen Star Wrestling. That means that that was a shock, and they wanted to see it, and it was cool, and it was great. That doesn't mean he needs to be champion next week. Do you know what I'm saying? So, it, it just gives him a good start. It gives him a good jumping block. So, where do we go from there? Do you know what I mean? Where do we go with, with, with that particular character there? Well, what we did was we went with the with the opportunist where he'd beat people. I think he even beat Bulk. He beat a shitload of people, just fucking opportunist, just rolled them up, fucking beat them, and then ran away. And that was his character, and he was popular, and it worked. But is, is that character championship material? No, not yet. Not until we give him a bit of credibility. Do you know what I mean? And that's what that's what you need uh, to get to that championship level, to get to that bit where you're not only do you need to be extremely popular or hated, you need credibility. And that's the hardest thing to fucking, that's the hardest thing to build, man, that credibility to believe that, 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 that someone should be there. Um, Craig had that credibility because of intent, because of his hint in his intensity um, CW has it because of his intensity also and his physique and he's is, he is a good worker there's no two ways about it, he's a good worker he's come a long way, we know he can have a good match, he's got some great ideas um, and you know you've got your you've got your intensity, you've got some fucking cool moves, you're an innovator um, people love the your music, people love your style people love your look. Charismatic, handsome you know, keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying people, people but, it, but it, t- it took time and it takes time and it's still not quite there yet. Not, not you're not there yet, but the situation, the story isn't there yet. Do you know what I mean? It's, it would just be another match. There needs to be a, a, a story. And I think that, you know, whether, I mean, it, it could end up being a four-way, it could end up being a three-way, could end up being a fucking in a cage. It could end up being hardcore. You don't know. We 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 just don't know how it's all gonna how it's all gonna pan out again when we start. But one thing we do one thing you do know is if you're in that top four because you've got Matt, you've got you, you've got CW, and you've got Jaden. What's going to happen there? Who knows? But you know that's that's it takes it just takes time to build that credibility up and that story up, and it's 
it's it's it's hard, man. It's fucking it's hard because then you got the tag team belts to think about. You've got all the other wrestlers to think about. And for some reason, I've never got it myself. But it's cool to win a belt. Like it is fun. But also, you got to remember you haven't actually won it. Someone's given it. <laughs> but yeah. but what but what you've got what you've got to do is is that that the responsibility that comes with that belt is you're the face of the company now. So unfortunately, your matches need to be the best <laughs> every you know and every night they need to be on last and uh, you need to uh, yeah you need to uphold the you know the ethos of Fallen Star Wrestling whilst you've whilst you've got that belt. So actually more pressure plus you've got to carry the fucking thing around and remember to bring it with you so like you know it it's i've never quite got you know i i understand why people why people want to want to win belts because it means that they're the best in the company at that time especially in the wwe but you know you i think my advice to any young wrestler um <clears throat> aspire to be a great wrestler and aspire to entertain the crowd but work on the psychology of that and work on being that that invaluable asset to the promotion before you start thinking about belts and before you start going up to promoters and saying oh i think i can i can i can i win the limitless belt or can i can i at least challenge for it or i've got this storyline where so and so if i thought you were ready for it i promised i would come to you for it do you know what i mean like i can see fucking talent in the dressing room i can see well, yeah well everybody thinks they're the star of their own story don't they that nobody goes around looking at other people thinking oh they, they deserve a shot everybody thinks that they deserve a shot more than everybody else but that's the thing with when you're the booker if everybody's coming up to you thinking they're the, the number one hot commodity in falling star wrestling you, you have to make the decision for everybody and sometimes people win out you know myself cw furio Jaden, we all win out because we're you know hard work and you see us as valuable commodities whereas other people may not you know that they turn up every week they, they try their hardest but they they just haven't earned that that top four spot top five spot whatever it is you know championship picture and you have to make that decision which bears probably quite hard on your shoulders because it's probably not nice letting people down and you know having to tell people that they're you know quote unquote mid-card people and they they think they're the the number one contender they think they're the, the top star but unfortunately they're you know, a little bit lower than they actually think. Yeah, it, it is. It is quite hard, but it's also like it's also weird because I was I was sort of when I first started, it was just about being on the show. It didn't matter where. Like it was just about being on the show and having the opportunity to go out there and hone your craft. Like people shouldn't see if if I if I you know if I bung you in some some what you consider some weird random tag match then go out there and do the best you possibly can with it. Do you know what I mean? There's always a story there. There's always a way that you can entertain the crowd. Do you know what I mean? And and, and go out there and, and entertain them because that's all, all, I, all I essentially want you to do. I don't want you to kill yourself. I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to do that new move that you've that, that you've seen. I mean, I, I keep my mouth shut about a lot of things as well. Like, I watch things and I think that fuck that's just that just doesn't work but people have got to learn that themselves sometimes like if i spoon feed everyone like then then a there's two things that are going to happen one they're not going to listen to me and resent me because i'm constantly going to be bollocking them 
uh, and two, they're going to end up wrestling all the same. Do you know what I mean? They've got to they've got to find out for themselves that what works and what doesn't. And if if they come up to me, I'll give them the advice that they that they need or want. As long as they're not going to kill each other or hurt each other, you know, I'll I'll nip that in the bud straight away. Do you know what I mean? They'll be like, don't ever fucking do that again. You're going to kill you're going to kill yourself <clears throat> way too you're ready. But like sometimes when they you know, when, when they've just, they've just done something that they, because I've done it myself before, they really thought it was going to hit the mark, but it hasn't. And they don't know why. And I do. It's because they haven't built it up the right way. Or, you know, that hot tag that they thought was going to make the place explode. It didn't. And, you know, they don't, they can't quite grasp why, you know, I can't, I can't tell them. I can't, I can't, spoon feed them everything they have to they have to learn themselves you know and, it, and it's like with you guys you know like you know i trained you to the to the best of my ability to be good wrestlers to be safe to have a good idea of psychology um you know help maybe help you with your character a little bit initially um you know i, I did everything i could to get you out there to be safe and give you a good start but, you know, I've also got to watch you make the mistakes. And if you come up and ask for advice, I'll give you that advice. But I'm not going to give you, as long as you're not endangering someone, you know, sometimes you've just got to, you've just got to learn for yourself. You've just got, it's like being a stand-up comedian and go out, going out on stage and dying. Sometimes you just, you know, not all the other comedians are going to write a great joke for you. Do you know what I mean? So you don't die the next time. You've got to try and fucking work out why did that not work? Why did that not get that reaction that I wanted? And, you know, because then that will give you a mind for the business. You know, you can't have my mind. You've got to have your own fucking mind. You know, so you've got to get the, the developing that mind for the business is something that, that you've got to do, that you've got to do on your own, really. And it's... Uh, it's hard to watch people sometimes and you sit there and cringe and think, Oh no, why the fuck did they do that? Cause I try and watch every match, you know, and you know, and if, but it's like I say, you've, you've got to, you, you've got to get it. And you know, you've been fucking wrestling now for, for a decade. Like you, you've, you've had enough moments in the ring where probably afterwards you've gone, fuck, that didn't work. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh dear. <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that 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 bit in the match just didn't work. No, I'm not talking about pain. I'm just talking about the reaction from the crowd. You know, fucking all that died on its ass. So you've had to think about it and you've had to change it. And then the next time it, it has worked. You know that you know not getting a reaction when you think if you've planned something or you've had this idea in your mind or you know, I want to try this new thing and I think it's really going to work and you go out there and it falls flat on its face and nobody reacts and nobody gets it or it's too too difficult for people to understand or anything like that and people just don't react. That's almost worse than actually being hurt in a match. Like you know be, being hurt. It, it, you can kind of go out there and, and you know sort of tweak a knee or or bang your head or whatever and you're like right okay i know what i did wrong there i landed incorrectly or i, I twisted this or twisted that but then like you said if, if if you've tried a bit and you've run it 
over in your mind you've talked to some of the other wrestlers about it oh if i do this do this do this move and you know then if i do this and then everybody says yeah all right yeah go and give it a go and it just doesn't work that's it's almost like it's almost worse than worse than anything because we want everything in a match to have whether it be a good or bad we just want it to be a reaction we want the crowd to say something whether it's in the form of booing whether it's in the form of cheering clapping stomping you know or chasing you out the building with 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 their handbags we want a reaction the worst thing is for people to just look at you in the ring you look at back at them thinking oh i just did this really cool thing and then they go i, I didn't get it like i, I don't understand like because because sometimes you have to break down wrestling in in simple terms sometimes and people can overcomplicate things it's like oh if i do this and make this a really intricate thing and then he comes out for some reason and then she comes in and this and you're like oh how about we just keep it simple? You know, like you were saying with the, with with Matt t- doing the chair right, shot. Do you, do you remember um, when we um, tagged up at Linsport and my knee was totally blown out? It was fucked. And um, the, it was a tag match, me and you versus Falcon and, and Jaden Scar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't walk. I could just about walk to the ring. So I couldn't really be in the match. I was there, but I couldn't really be in the match. But we were... By that time, you know, you were a pro. Jaden knew what he was doing. Tom knew what he was doing. So we got round it. I got Falcon Punch and pedigreed. I was out for a good portion of the match. Came in, did a little bit, did the cutter off the top, which was the big pop. And we did, I can't remember whether we won or lost. I can't remember. I don't know what happened. But I know that we were experienced enough. Even even I, I needed a knee. I had a knee that just didn't work. Like, it was fucked. I, I heard it. I heard it wrestling Matt. I think the week before it wasn't Matt's fault. I just blew it out, taking a clothesline. There was nothing, nothing I could do. But you know, we knew we had that match coming up. But we, I could have just as easily fucking pulled out. But it's like, no, like there's there's ways around it. There's 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 ways around it. And you know, if we'd have been four inexperienced guys, we'd have panicked. We'd have been fucked. You know what I mean? We we wouldn't have known what to do. You know, we were we, the best thing to do is to go and ask a veteran and, and see what they say. But not a lot of people do that. They just want to sit there and they feel embarrassed. So they want to put something together. And they would have probably put something together where it might have put that person in danger or it would have just been shit. The guy would have been limping around or, you know, it, it just wouldn't have quite worked. But we put together a match. We knew we were on second. We knew we didn't have to blow the fucking roof off the place. We knew we just had to have a decent match with a decent story. And my knee was fucked so we developed the story around that and it and it and it worked for all intensive purposes i don't me- remember it being a bad match no me neither no i remember us uh pretty much getting through it and i, th- I think we did win that match actually so i think that probably cemented us as a, as a team to be reckoned with but then you know I won the ladder match and turned on you and you know the rest is as they say history unfortunately so i do apologize for turning my back on you but um and carrying you through the match but yeah yeah like you said <laughs> you do all you had to do was fall on your back i made, I made sure that the, the, <laughs> i made sure that the the, the move that people will remember would be mine i'm not that daft <laughs> uh, and you took what a pedigree on the outside as well took the biggest bump and then give the biggest bump. no no it wasn't i didn't take a pedigree on the outside I took a pedigree in the ring i gave craig a german on the outside which no camera right not one camera <laughs> so that was that was that was just for the night that one. But I suppose what I'm saying, I suppose the, 
with this conversation has sort of taken a little bit of a different direction. But I suppose what I'm saying is, I suppose to close it because we got we got quite a lot of quite quite a lot of, uh, of of conversation here. But like, you know, it wrestling is. Uh, wrestling is wrestling is a weird beast you know you, you you've got to think about you've got to think you not only have you got to put the matches together it's not like boxing where the best boxer goes up against the other best boxer it should be like that and in a way it sort of is but in wrestling we incorporate storylines to make it more exciting we're we we've got that artistic license but you know thinking about thinking about a storyline and an artistic license for everyone, you know, an, art, an artistic storyline for everyone is quite hard. And also, I feel, and you know, you can have you can have the fucking closing words on this. I also feel that if you've got more than two, three, especially storylines going in a show that's got six matches, then you know, it, sometimes it's a bit of a bit of overkill, don't you think? It becomes a bit of a fucking Vince Russo, WCW sort of, you know, fuck squad, do you know what I mean? Where no one really knows what's going on. But if you've got a few storylines going and then you maybe you add, you do another, the other storylines on the next show because you know you've got, got one next month, the crowd are going to appreciate the, the sort of three or four matches that are in there that are just sort of your high-flyer matches, but it's competition, your whatever match, your technical match, your British rounds match, whatever match you, you've got. But they, they also, because people need to understand wrestling to be able to understand the storylines. You can't just go straight into the storylines and, you know, expect people to, especially casual fans, to understand what's going on. You've got to give them some actual wrestling first. Do you, do you, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I can think of a show actually that that probably does that better than any. We did a show in Outwell, um, and this was during sort of the Furio PVC CW Davies kind of um, probably midway through the feud. And it was sort of a a show where I think there was one or two storylines, but basically our storyline was kind of like the main one. And it kind of it, it threaded itself throughout the show, but it didn't become quite, well, in my opinion, it didn't become kind of overbearing because we sort of started off um, and I think we were down an announcer and I think you just asked me to kind of go out, you know, hometown for me, you know, you go out, you do the first half and then, you know, I'll go out and, and, and call the matches. But uh, of course, like the first match, I think like CW came out and sort of like wanted to ruin the party. And then that set up the, the main event for the evening. So we sort of like, we basically sort of cast cast the, the you know the rod out and that and then we waited to kind of reel it in at the end as as like the big catch and I think you know because I was the the MC and then we had like little bits and bobs that we could kind of play off but we didn't go overkill and it wasn't like the second match was then a big storyline with with you know five different guys involved and then the third match wasn't I think like the second match was like a one-on-one match and I think there was another one-on-one match then you have the interval then another like kind of another casual match and then when the kind of the main event comes around people from the beginning know what's going on and people from the end even if they didn't see the beginning kind of know what's going to go on because it's it's a match that sort of has this this bigger feel to it it wasn't too overly complicated even though we had to kind of involve jack in this it was like you know meet myself cw and uh, furio and then then jack kind of joined in we just had this sort of um, crazy scramble match at the end and I quite enjoyed that match because it, it fooled a few people because we had that like time limit gimmick. And uh, I remember 
almost getting the pinfall and uh, the time ran out just before I won and like a bunch of people jumped up and thought that I'd won the title and then you like basically did the announcement because I think you had to do the second half MC in and you were like ladies and gentlemen and and everyone thought and knew and it was and still falling star limitless champion CW Davies and then it turned from like yeah boo so it was kind of like this nice little roller coaster of a show exactly but the, the point the point I'm making with that is you think the casuals because again out well you know we we, we just probably maybe say that was our third or fourth show that you know we obviously have our, our fsw fans diehard fans but we have our casuals but do you think the casuals would have understood that scramble match would have understood the rules would have understood the idea and would have understood the concept if you know we'd have had that first or every other match would have been a clusterfuck match or do you know what i mean like that, they needed to, they needed a show, a build up of a show of of normal matches. Where, you know, maybe a tag or something like that. And you know, maybe, maybe I can't remember what we did. I can't remember the matches, but you know, they needed a build up of of normal matches to be able to also understand the rules for that match to make it exciting. You know, like you said, it was it was almost like a self contained little show because even if people hadn't seen Falling Star Wrestling before, they kind of see you know the four guys come out at the beginning. It's kind of like almost a ca- classic thing of like couple of guys come out of the beginning and then you know they pay it off at the end so people sort of knew why there was a big match at the end and I think you know sort of with you being the MC I think that helped a lot because you could explain it a lot better and you were there to kind of do the do the countdown and and tell who you know it was a scramble match and you know it was as many pinfalls in 15 minutes as you could get so you know at one point jack was the champion the next point the furia was the champion then cw is the champion then i was the champion and then cw was the champion and then it was almost time it was 10 seconds left i hit cw with the chair there's five seconds left my knee gives out there's two seconds left i go for the pinfall one two the time runs out and you say and still and then you know you kind of this journey of this this match that started off from the inception of the show from me just kind of welcoming people to to the arena and then CW kind of intervening in his his heelish way I think kind of made for a nice little it it furthered the story that we had going on but it still felt like a self-contained story within that arena does that make sense? I I remember that match and I want to say it was my idea but I don't think it was I think it was might have been Matt's I don't know but it it was it was definitely a match that that we hadn't I don't think we'd done before or done since but it was something, it was definitely a new concept that, that, that we wanted to try out because, again, you know, you had a, you had such a long storyline going on there. You know, we, you, you needed to make it, you needed to make it exciting. And again, we needed to give CW that, that heat. Because one thing you got to admit is as the storyline went on and when the, you know, by the time you got to Linsport, people wanted to see CW lose that fucking belt so bad. I mean, and he he nearly did it on you know you nearly had him on so many opportunities that it was it was it was it was fucking it, by the time you got there it was it was beautiful and that was yeah you, you, you're right and that's the that's one of, that was why you know your match was nearly as important as the as the as the main event you see the, the way I look at it with the limitless title and the and the and the heavyweight title. Like, you know, the limitless title is, is your worker's belt, you know? It's like the Intercontinental title, I suppose. It's your worker's belt. But the reason, and it was Matt's idea to call it the limitless belt, but the, the, the reason 
we, you know, the reason we brought it in as a sort of, as it isn't a mid-card belt. What it is, is, it's a belt that we can make more exciting. We can change hands more because the 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 the, the championship belt. Um, you know, I think especially in WWE, it's, they hot shot it so much that you don't ever know who's champion. You know, but in in Fallen Star Wrestling, I want you know if you're gonna have the championship belt, chances are you're gonna have it for a little while. You know, because we're gonna need to build up a pretty fucking cool storyline to for, to make people care about it. But with the Limitless belt. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You might, you might win it fucking one night, and then then if we then the next month, Jack Hammer might win it. You know, or so and so might win it. It can be hot shotted about a little bit more. It hasn't so much, but you know, there's there's been more title changes with the Limitless than there has with a heavyweight belt, and that that's the you know that was the that was the point of it. And to have those scramble matches and ladder matches and whatever kind of matches, hardcore matches, no rules matches, whatever. That's what the Limitless title was about. Do you know what I mean? It's about having those different kind of matches and giving those people those opportunities to be able to 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 sort of step up a ladder. And that was, you know, so something like that scramble match was great for it, you know, and I remember that now. I also remember, I don't know if it was for the Limitless title, but I remember, uh, I, I, I'm, I can't remember if you were in it. But there was a four-way match. I know Jack was in it. I know uh, Craig was in it. I can't remember. I, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure you were in it. And maybe, maybe, maybe Rob. Maybe. But there was a four-way match you had at Linsport, and I thought it was fucking perfect. Like as a four-way match, like because it was a. Do, do you remember it? Were you in it, or am I thinking of someone else? Um, it doesn't ring a bell. I think as as PVC, I've only done what three Lynn Sports. Uh, did the, no, the tag match with you? It, it was a West Lynn, sorry. Oh, West Lynn. Uh, quite possibly. That sounds like probably a combination that would be thrown out there as a as a four way four way match, definitely. Or it could have been a tag match. We had any kind of. I just yeah. remember watching at the bar, thinking this is perfect. Like Jack was doing all of his shit. Craig was doing all of his shit. Like I'm, I'm sure you must have been in it. Like. It just flowed. It just flowed beautifully, and and I think that was either for the that was either when Jack had the limitless belt or or sort of whatever. But it was it was just those sorts of matches, those exciting matches. There, there. That's what the limitless limitless belt was was sort of designed for. And then when you got your heavyweight belt, you know that even though that's 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 the main belt and that's the one that you know is it represents falling star. Um, I, I just never wanted it hot shotted about. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you look at if you look at the fact that Falling Star Wrestling, uh, uh, sorry, um, FSW's uh, uh, Falling Star Wrestling, sorry, has been going for ten years in March. Be interesting to see how many people have won that belt. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I bet I bet it's under twenty. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna ask you. Um, if we can kind of um, maybe go through the history of the the Falling Star Wrestling title, because there's quite a lot to talk about on that one. And obviously, it only made a re- resurgence recently with with Jaden Scar actually winning the the vacated title. So I think that might be a, a kind of a, a podcast in and of, of itself. Maybe get Jaden on to kind of have a little chat about that. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll get Jaden on next week. We'll have a bit of a chat with him. Yeah, I, I he, we, he can tell us some of his favorite matches too. Yeah, but I'll have to. I'd have to go back in the in in the in in time and try and and try and think of uh, of, of 
Yeah, I've got a vague idea of who who has been champion, but obviously there was a little bit of a time period there where I'm not quite sure sort of who was champion. I can kind of probably pick about sort of five different people, but yeah, we'll go through it. The reason the belt was vacated for for quite some time was because Danny Collins won it. And then Danny Collins had some severe back and neck problems. Um, So unfortunately, he was unable to get to the show to vacate it. And we also didn't really know what was happening. And actually recently, he's had surgery um, on his neck, um, it's very similar sort of surgeries as to what Stone Cold had and, and whatnot. You know, he had some some serious serious back problems, which caused him a lot of pain. So he he's recovering now and he's doing well. Um, but that the, the the big chunk of time there was where where the belt wasn't in action was because Danny Collins technically had it and he was unable, physically unable, just to get to to the shows to be able to. To, to properly vacate it but in the end <clears throat> in the end that's what had to happen um you know we didn't want to do it that way um but that was that was what happened so yeah the belt was out of commission for a while so there was a chunk of time there for about a year maybe where the belt wasn't the main belt and that and the limitless title was and that was i think in a way i think in a way that helped the limitless title become one of the one of our main belts you know or the yeah definitely main belt yeah. for a little while that's a really good point it yeah. raised its stock and um, again, that's one of those things that, that that happened organically. Not that I want Danny Collins to to to, to be hurt or, or injured or whatever, but it's just one of those things where you make make chicken salad out of chicken shit, and um, you know, and you you try your fucking hardest to to still still put on a good show and 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 not have that belt. Well, what do you do? Well, you, you look at the you look at what you got. You look at the belt you got, and you 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 raise the stock of that, and that was that's why I think the limitless title is 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 an important title. I don't I I, I wouldn't say it was a throwaway title in Fallen Star Wrestling. We do no, not at all. No, no. Like you said, with the with the main title being out of the picture for so some time, the limitless title became sort of one of the main focuses of it, and it became an exciting title. And it was always different. It was built to be different. It was always defended on every show. Anybody, no matter what age size gender you know any kind of person could could challenge for it and they often did and then you know you could have the the multi-man matches or the rumbles it could be defended here there and everywhere and that just it sort of it started as a quite an exciting different title and it's remained that ever since exactly and that's 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 what we wanted that's what we want to do and you know all the young wrestlers in the dressing room um, you know who 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 are who are coming up, um, and and who are training when we can train, and <clears throat> who are doing the shows and whatever. You know, you know, you, even though, like I said earlier on, even though you you shouldn't really be thinking about titles, you should be thinking about learning the business. You know that if if I see you and I think that there's something special about you and I think that you deserve to be in a title picture. You know, I've been doing the job long enough now. Trust me to know that that's, you know, when you're ready, I'll I'll put you there. Um, you know, and if you're not ready, you're not ready. It's as simple as that. You know, there's there's something that you've got to do. There's something within yourself that you've got to do to get yourself ready, whether that's train more, whether that's work on your physique, whether that's work on your gimmick, whether that's just get out there and get more experience. It could be something as simple as that. It's not never. It doesn't necessarily have to be something bad, but you just have to, you know, to 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 be put in a position of of like of of I don't know. Saying post falling star. I, I don't want to. 
I love falling star wrestling. It's my life. It's, it's you know, apart from my son, it's 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 my it's my second love, and you know, it it, it always will be. But to put it in perspective, we're not the WWE, but to, to, to the wrestlers and to our fans, we're hugely important. So, you know, those belts, I know that they're hugely important to the, to the, to the young wrestlers and the aspiring wrestlers who are, who, who, who are coming up. But if you're not in the picture just yet, um, you know, say someone like Jack Hammer, for example, you know, the reason maybe he's not in the picture yet is just because there's not a slot in the storyline for him. But there will be because he's amazing. And, you know, I'll put him against the best wrestlers I can put him against. I'll put him in the best slots I can put him against. I'll put him in the best storylines I can I can put him against because he deserves it and he works hard. Do you know what I mean? You know, he, he's in the top echelon and, you know, he, whether he's contending for something at the time, if you know, if, if pretty pretty soon, or or eventually he will be because he deserves it. Um, you know, some of the other guys. It's not the fact that they don't deserve it. It's just the fact that they haven't quite connected with the crowd yet, and they need to work on that. And I can give them hints and tips, and I can you know we can have a chat, and we can even talk online about it. We can we can take this time off and take this. Uh, you know, the, the, this COVID time as a uh, <clears throat> as an opportunity to, um, to to talk about maybe you know um, some things that you can do when you come back to 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 maybe make yourself a little bit more of a of a, of a commodity. But it's it, you know it's 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 you haven't quite made that connection with the crowd. If you go out there and they're not fucking buzzing for whatever reason and they don't hate you, then you know there's something you you could be doing to change it. Now, what I find sometimes, and again, I know we're going on, but you know, we can break this down in a ten podcast, whatever. Sometimes, what 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 I find is is there's a stubbornness with wrestlers, and I'm not picking on anyone in particular. I've just seen it in the past. There's a stubbornness with wrestlers where they won't change their gimmick. They won't change something about them. And the thing that they won't change is the reason they're not connecting with the crowd, if that makes sense. So, you know, they, they, they've got this thing, oh, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a moody wrestler. So, you know, I don't go out there and I, I don't really make much noise when I'm walking around the ring or I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really uh, engage with the crowd because I'm this or I'm that or I'm the other world. Well, if you're not going to engage with the crowd, they're not going to engage with you. So what you're doing isn't working. You've either got to change it so it does. I'm not saying drop your whole fucking gimmick. I'm just saying tweak it so that so that it works and the crowd have got something something to bite on. Do you know what I mean? Like let's take Furio for example. He said from the fucking word go when he started his Furio character, he said I'm going to be silent. Now, I suggest it's going to be a fucking hard work. That's really hard work. So you've got to, you've got to have something. You've got to have something that the crowd are gonna, that the crowd are gonna bite on and chew on. So he worked on his look. He had a presence when he came out. He scared the shit out of the little kids. He fucking did his little pose in the ring, and he spat the mist at people and all that stuff. So he had things in there that the crowd could chew on and wait for. So the silence didn't matter. The silence became a mystique type thing. If he just walked out there and was silent and didn't have anything, 
didn't have that presence, the crowd aren't going to do anything, are they? They're just going to th- they're going to be confused, and then they're going to be silent. They're going to feel awkward. Do you know what I mean? So he he had to think of something. He had to think of a few things actually that the crowd could bite on or wait for, or you know, or or, or he's or, or he's going to spit his mist in a minute, or fucking you know, or he's going to come out and you know scare the shit out of that little kid, or or whatever you know. He had to he had to think of things to 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 make himself a, a like I say a valuable commodity as a as a heel or a babyface. So you know it 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 took it took time, but but he got there. He, he tweaked it. Now I was never a fan of the silence. I was like, that's going to be such hard work, man. That's going to be such hard work. Can't you at least growl or snarl or something like that? And he was he, he was like, no, I want to try the silence thing. And, it, and, you know, I don't mind admitting I was wrong. Do you know what I mean? But he did still need those few extra little things for the crowd to be able to chew on or wait for or anticipate. Otherwise, you know, he would have just been a silent guy walking to the ring who looked, who looked odd, you know? And it's, it's, it's so live wrestling in front of crowds is so much different to TV wrestling and, and playing to the audience. Like, you know, you'll never see a WWE, like you go to a WWE house show. Honestly, it's exactly like one of our shows. They fucking clap and play at the crowd and fuck about and do silly things or whatever. But when they're on TV, they don't, they just get in there, get out and, you know, it's television. But, you know, the, it, we're we're not on TV. We're entertainers. So if we're not entertaining the crowd, then what are we in the ring for? You know, what are we there for? And and sometimes it just takes that little tweak, that little tweak on what you're doing to to give the crowd something to something. something. I always say something to chew on, but you know what I mean. Just something, just something that makes them makes them pop. And it's uh, yeah, it, it's 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 fucking hard work. Like for example, when I turned here, I was like, well. Now I turned here. What can I do to make myself really annoying? I know I'll sing my own theme. <laughs> I can't fucking sing. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a particularly great singer. I'll come out and sing Chesney Hawks. Everyone hates that song. I hate it. Everyone hates it. <laughs> so I'll sing it. And when it comes to the time when I say I am the one and only, I'll shout it as loud as I can and annoy people and fucking get in their <laughs> ear holes. So before I've even started, they hate me. You can't sing. You can't sing. You're a twat. Whatever they're saying. I haven't touched anyone yet. Do you know what I mean? But I just thought, well, if I sing my own entrance music, that's got to be fucking annoying. Do you know what I mean? For someone who can't sing and thinks they can. Do you know what I mean? And then I'll cut a promo saying, no, I mean, am I the best wrestler? I'm the best singer in Fallen Star Wrestling. Well, that winds them up even more. Just give them something to chew on just before you even started, you know? Uh, yeah, like you said, with Furio, he definitely set a, a tall task for himself, but he's done so much to overcome not, I don't think he said a single word in in the whole of sort of falling star wrestling. He's been 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 with the company sort of almost since day one, and he's never cut a promo. He's never said a word, but he's got so far doing that. You know, he's sort of multiple falling star wrestling limitless champion. He's in all the big programs. He's you know one of the sort of high regarded guys backstage. He's one of the most popular, or you know when he's a heel, he's one of the most hated, one of the most feared wrestlers out there. And it's all due to these little things, like you said, he's added on top. Okay, he starts with the silence, but 
He's got makeup that makes him different. He's got a good stance that makes him different. He's got the martial art background that makes him different. He's got the contact lenses that makes him different. He's got the wild hair that makes him different. He's got the way he snarls at people that makes him different. The mist that makes him different. He's got those weird little shoes where the toe pokes through. That's different. His trunks are different. Like he's so different to everyone else out there. But if he just wore regular tights, regular black tights and you know, just kind of walked out, didn't have a stance, didn't do any of the Kung Fu stuff, but was still silent. He wouldn't get half of the reaction that he does now, but because he's so different, he's he's almost like made himself too different that people don't really notice that he doesn't talk. Like, And then when they notice he doesn't talk, it then becomes an intrigue for them because I've had so many people come up to me like, we'll just be standing there signing autographs and people will ask him a question and he looks at me as if to like, whisper in my ear because he doesn't want them to hear him talk so he still plays it up even after you know the, the show's over so people have taken this thing that's you know it, it was something that he chose not to do and he's played on it and now people actually want to hear him talk and obviously if this is the first time you've heard the podcast Fiero did do an episode so you can actually hear him talk on that on that on that um on that episode but you know he took something that's meant to be de- detrimental and played it in his favor Exactly, and and, I, and I've had people before, you know, because he he helps me out of training a lot. I've had people before who've come to the shows, thought, oh, I wouldn't mind giving wrestling a go, come to training, and then Furio's been there, you know, helping out and having a chat, and they're like, oh fuck, he talks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah, he's he's not mute. It's it's only a character. Do you know? What I mean? And also, <laughs> just, just going yeah. back to your character. You know, I mean, you, you, when you first started the PVC team, we, 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 I won't go over it like in fucking great detail, but like, just it just proves that proves that point. When you started your PVC character and you had your, you know, you had your mask, you had your shit or whatever, people might have looked at you a bit confused. If you're a heel, it's it's fine or whatever. But then when we were um, when 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 you came up with that pretty quickly, that was my name. Like that, you can come out and say that straight away, and the crowd are with you. P V C that a couple of times. When you were heel, we could fuck around with it, and you know we call you whatever. I could I called you T I T or whatever, and got over and stuff. But now you're a baby face. People shout your name. And you can do that in the match, you know, if you're, if you're fucking, if you need their support, what's my name, PVC, you know, they're, they're, they're with you. Just that little thing, just that little change, that tiny change gave you, uh, uh, gave you, just, just, just gave you that huge connection with the crowd that, the, the, that you need, the, the, you know, that you need. Craig, when he comes out and just go and does that little pose and goes, boom. Everyone does it with him now. Do you know what I mean? They fucking do the whole boom thing with him. He's 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 been really clever before. He's done some cool entrances with his kids and his fucking family and stuff like that. And that's what obviously you know hits the crowd in the heart. And you know and you know get make make gives him you know say gives the impression he's a good dude. He is a good dude. But like fucking it, it, you know it, it gives it that just that extra bit of power. And when he hits that boom, the crowd are with him. You know what I mean? Like, took him a little while to come up with it. Maybe took him a little while to get it over, but he got it over. And it's just that that that's nearly as important. That, that that's honestly your PVC and his boom are, are the fucking best moves you got, and they're not even a move. 
Do you know what I mean? That's that's the thing you've got to get. You need to get in the head about wrestling. It's not it's not what you do. It's 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 how you come across and the story you tell and the connection that you have with that crowd. Because then they're going to follow the story. It's it's like anything. It's like watching. I don't watch them. I hate them. But like watching a soap opera, you know the characters' names. You know their you know their background. You know what they're like. You know I don't know if they they probably haven't got a catchphrase, but they, they've definitely got a character that you can either love or hate. You know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. They've got a storyline. You can connect to them. So when you watch it, you actually watch it. You're you're engrossed by it. So because of the characters, and that's the same with wrestling. Like people are engrossed in your matches and engrossed in Craig's matches or engrossed in my matches or engrossed in Jack's matches or engrossed in whoever's matches um, because they know you. They feel that they know you, your character. And that's, that's how you get them. That's how you get them. You, you, you get them engrossed in your character. You get them to love you or you get them to hate you. C.W. Davis, for example, you get them to hate you. So they're, they're so engrossed in the match because they want to see him lose so bad, like a villain in a, in a, in a Bond film, you know? They just want to see him fucking lose so bad, and in the end, you know, obviously that, that that that's what happens. But you know, you 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 have to have that connection with the characters to be bothered to follow them, you know. To, you know, otherwise it's just a dude in the ring, and they can do the most impressive stuff they like. But you know, if it if it doesn't, if it, if 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 they haven't got that 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 relationship with the crowd. It just isn't going to get there. It just isn't going to have that same impact, you know? Um, like when we, for example, like another thing, like when we bring, you know, fucking old school, like British legends in, when we bring someone like Johnny Storm in, right, for example, um, 50% of the crowd are going to know who he is. Do you know what I mean? 50% of the crowd are going to know who he is because they watch wrestling and they're wrestling fans. But 50% aren't. But you build him up before he gets there. Do you know what I mean? Johnny Storm is going to be on our next show. He has wrestled all over the world. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor. He's wrestled for so-and-so. He's wrestled for WWE. He's well, you know, he's been a veteran of British wrestling. He's one of the best high flyers, blah, blah, blah. So people are really excited before he even gets there. Do you know what I mean? The people who know him are really excited because they know he's a dog's bollocks. And the people who, who don't know who he is are excited because they've never seen this guy before. What the fuck's going to happen? So when he comes out, you've already built it. Do you know what I mean? So that's the, that's a different way of doing it, building them up before they even get there. You know, Danny Collins. You know, we're going to have Danny Collins in from the world of sport era. He's wrestled all over the world in Japan. He's you know he's wrestled people like Fit Finley. He's uh, if you look on YouTube, he's been on t- he's been on TV many a times. He's wrestled Owen Hart so and so. So by the time he gets there, the fifty percent of the people who know him are going to be cheer anyway, and the other 50% of the people who don't know him feel like they do because you've built him up. Um, you know, and then and then from there, once you've got them, once there's that interest there, you can tell tell any story you like. Plus, those guys can, even if even if the promoter was, or, the, you know, the promoter was stupid enough not to build them up, just put them on the bill. You know, they're experienced enough to be able to get over in any way you want them to. But it's still, you know, you still built them up. So, you know, you can't, you can never, ever assume that the crowd know who you are, ever, even in Falling Star Wrestling. We're lucky we've got a fan base, but you can never, never assume, you can never rest on your laurels. You have to go out there and put everything into your character each time, and you have to constantly evolve that character, because that character will, will eventually just, 
you know, if you do the same thing, it, it will just become stale. I became stale. Jimmy Starr became stale. Like, I was just, you know, I've never been a particular character, but my heroic, will never say die, company man, you know, will die for falling star wrestling. That got boring. Do you know what I mean? In the end, that got boring. So for a year or two, I just became that heel who fucking did what he wanted because I ran a company. It's mine. Fuck you. Do you know what I mean? What are you going to do about it? Do you know what I mean? If I want you to fucking do 100 push-ups, I'm going to make you do 100 push-ups. If I want to sing my entrance music, I'm going to sing my entrance music. If I want you to fucking, you know, if I want to sack you, I will sack you. Um, you know, so it just, it, it became different for a while. And then eventually they wanted the, it got to the point where I was getting cheered again. So I knew that they wanted the, the not the old Jimmy Starback, but they wanted a, a, a baby face Jimmy Starback. So I became baby face again. You know, it was just, it was just a story that, that had to be told. Sometimes, sometimes things get a little bit stale and you, you just needed a pr- promoter to be able to preempt that as well. It's, it's 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 not it's not easy it definitely isn't easy you know and um and also it's it sometimes it always seems to always seems to go in the fucking it always seems to go the way that people like want all the fuck like you need to have a good mixture of heels and baby faces good you know veterans and and new people and whatever and but it always seems like we've always got veterans as baby faces or veterans as, as heels. It never seems like a good mix. Do you know what I mean? Like it just seems just the timing always seems to be a little bit, a little bit off. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it is largely dictated by the crowd, but also you're still, you've got to remember as the wrestler and as a promoter, but also as the wrestler, when you're in that ring, you're in control. Don't let those fuckers control you. Listen to them and sometimes give them what they want. But you're still in control. So, you know, you can, they're the ones who, who look up to you. You don't look up to them. And that's not me being an asshole. You're just the one, you're the one in charge of the show. You can't fucking let them be in charge of the show. Because if you do, you'll be killing yourself. Do you know what I mean? That you're, you're in charge of the show. You're in charge of your character. The promoter is obviously in charge of the whole setup. But when you're in that ring, <clears throat> with your you with your opponent it's you two and you're in charge and you're the one who's got to tell that story and sometimes something cool can come out of that and sometimes it it, it won't again listen to the crowd give them talk give them what they want but just remember you're in charge so in the minute people start shouting boring fucking whack a headlock takedown on and stay there until they stop saying it do you know what i mean because you're in charge fuck them if someone says boring don't panic and start doing sleep leaps and moon souls Fuck a whack a headlock on and stay there for five minutes and go, you want boring, I'll bore the shit out of you. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> boring. If there's one thing I can do, it's fucking boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> soon shut up because, again, you're in charge. It's like being heckled, you know? As a comedian, you need to be the one who's who's in charge. I think we cover quite a lot of ground there. But, uh, but, 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 you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a wrestling, such a weird, such a weird, weird sport entertainment fusion that I don't think anyone will ever master. You know, there's been some greats out there, you know, <clears throat> but you know, in 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 you know, and and there have been and there's been some hugely entertaining matches and some amazing storylines, but no one's ever, I don't think, no one's ever going to master it. I think that, and I think that's why people keep coming back they keep coming back for that perfect moment but 
I don't think you ever get it. I think you can get close, but I don't think you ever. There's always something to work on. Yeah, it's such an evolutionary business as well. Like because what maybe worked in the '90s doesn't wouldn't have worked in the '80s, and what 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 worked in the '80s may not work in the 2000s, and what happened in the 2000s may not even work in the the 2010s or the 2020s. Like you have to figure out what's going on in the world, maybe try a little bit with that. How are wrestling audiences now? What can we do to get the most out of them? We can't always use the same sort of playbook. We can't always use it because you leave a fool behind or you just end up doing wacky stuff that, that nobody understands. So you have to, like wrestling has a sort of a, a set core principles, but you, you can be creative with them and you can, you can kind of figure out what your crowd want. You know, if... If, for instance, like every West Lynn show, we just did like straight or every match was hardcore matches and then people didn't turn out the next week. And then you just did hardcore matches that week and then nobody came the other week. You'd be like, well, it's, it, people love hardcore wrestling. Like I used to watch ECW all the time, but it's like, yeah, but that's not what people want in, in Westland, in Kingsland, in in this day and age. You have to be evolutionary. You have to give them a little bit of entertainment, maybe a little bit of hardcore, want a little bit of ladies wrestling, a little bit of high flying action. We want the big guys, we want the big tag teams. You know, you want the, the, the snarling heels. You want the big glorious baby faces. You want to give them a little bit of everything, a little bit of variety and just make sure that they're going to come back week after week after week. I'm going to say it better myself. Sweet. We are done. And we did some time there, didn't we? I mean, if you're hearing this outro, then you have to be commended. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast and supporting the show. You can also help support the show by subscribing to this podcast and also leaving us a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts on. If you enjoy these long-form freestyle podcasts, you can let us know on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Falling Star Wrestling, or you can shoot me a message over on my socials at PVC Pro Wrestler, and Jimmy's on Facebook too. Find him at Jimmy Star Wrestler. All right, that just about covers it. Have a great week, and we will be back next week with another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See ya. See ya.